and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. It's certainly taken a turn to the cold over here in the UK, and the holiday decorations are up, the presents are bought, and this is a perfect environment for this week's monster. This week we're heading over to Germany and looking at a household mine and sea spirit from Germanic folklore that most of us will probably know being monster fans, but if you didn't get it from the title, it's the kobold. Kobolds are actually a species of monster, and there are three main types to them, but they all look pretty similar. They are known to be humanoid-looking, small men, who are usually the size of four-year-old, five-year-old children, with ugly, goblin-like features. So the three main types of kobolds are household spirits, they are mind spirits, or they are sea spirits. Now, depending on where they live, they will wear different things, such as the ones who live inside the house will wear peasant clothing, on ships they will wear little sailor outfits and smoke pipes, and if they're in the mines they will be wearing minor gear with candles on their heads. However, you are most likely never to spot one, because they are usually invisible to humans. They can manifest into other forms, such as fire, animals, other humans or objects, and their most common are cats, candles, snakes, worms and roosters. Now, the most well-known type of kobold is the household spirit. These are generally benevolent and are tied to a house and a family, and they will help you around the house with tasks in the dead of night. They would usually test your thankfulness for all of this, by adding sawdust to an otherwise clean room or putting dirt into your milk jug. And the way to show the kobold that you appreciate its help was to drink up and leave the sawdust there. The kobold would then serve that family until the last of the line or until the kobold is disrespected. A kobold could turn up at your door as well in the wet and the cold and if you let it in and care for it, it would then bind to your family. You could also summon one, but it was a difficult task. You would have to go into a forest on St John's Day, or June 24th, and find an anthill with a bird on it, and then they must say a certain phrase, and the bird would transform into a kobold. This kobold will then hitchhike home with the person and become their attached spirit. They tend to live in the fireplace or the hearth of the house, and will finish up any chores that you've forgotten to do before bedtime. They can also bring good luck or wealth to the household, but this is all only if the family leaves out a part of their dinner for them, or a pint of beer. It's also very important never to mock or laugh at the kobolds, and this would mean that you would disrespect them. If you did do this, they were a nightmare. They were really difficult to get rid of, and they would turn very nasty and even violent, and they can afflict the family with diseases, disfigurements or injuries, as well as sometimes flat out murdering them. 
but even when they were happy, they were generally tricksters. So they would often push people over when they bend, make a noise at night to keep people up, or hide things around the house from the occupants. The only way to get rid of a household kobold was to get it exercised by a local priest, and even this was expensive, it was difficult, and generally the family would try and appease or make up for their mistake with the kobold, as they were much more efficient than having servants, you wouldn't have to pay them, you just paid them in a bit of your dinner. Now, in contrast to this, the kobolds that I know are based in mines, and these kobolds are probably the most elusive type, and are described as dirty little miners who spend their days looking for gems and precious metals beneath the earth. These are totally indifferent towards humans, and will avoid them if possible, but they do get a bit annoyed if they go poking around their mine shafts. They were very often blamed for cave-ins and rock slides that would kill human miners, but their best trick on people was to trick them into mining worthless ore and getting all the good stuff for themselves, or even making the humans dig at poisonous ores that would hurt or kill them, or potentially getting them to completely ruin their mining equipment. However, the minor kobolds could be appeased and could help miners if they were offered gold and other precious metals as offerings. And the way they would help is they would knock on the walls indicating not to mine in that direction, or they would knock numerous times to indicate precious metal or gems up ahead. The more knocks, the richer the vein. Lastly, the sea kobold, or the klebaltaman, is probably the most feared out of the three types. According to legend, the kobold would only appear to the crew if the ship was doomed to sink, and they had to be respected and their existence acknowledged, as well as having a space of their own and food on the ship to appease them. If they were not respected, they would tangle ropes, rot food, or even trip sailors so they would fly overboard. And instead of being bound to the crew or ship, they were bound to the wood that the ship was crafted from, and they would help by pumping water from the hold, arranging cargo, and repairing the ship, and were known to stop ships from sinking. However, if the ship did go down, they would always abandon ship with absolutely no thought for the crew. It was very much kill or be killed in that moment. However, there is one type of kobold that isn't counted as one of these main types, and is probably one, especially if you're into stuff like D&D, that you might be thinking, if I'm going to cover. This is the fiery kobold. These ones aren't as covered as much within folklore, but do still point back to the folklore at the same time, and they have a completely different description. They were draconic monsters, who resembled small drakes that walked on two legs, and were generally the same size as a usual kobold. They did though have fiery tempers, and were generally known as drakes. They were still household spirits, and they would enter the house through the chimney and wear a red jacket, but it's not actually said what they do when they're in the house. However, these monsters are known as being the warrior-type kobolds, and they could specialise in spellcrafting as well as general warfare, so they were the ones to avoid, and they're probably the ones we see most in modern media nowadays, but they're not as covered in folklore. Sometimes, though, kobolds are described as dog-like or beast-like, 
But again, it's something that really has come in through fantasy fiction rather than folklore. There is no backup to this anywhere within folklore. I think it's probably come from the draconic version, where they've kind of made them more gnoll or hyena-like, but it's not something that I've been able to find anything to back up. Now, last point before we move on. For their deaths and reproduction, we simply do not know anything, I'm afraid. It's never mentioned that there are female kobolds, and we're not so sure if they are just spirit manifestations, and so life and death are a bit of a mystery with them, and we just don't really know. But let's move on to something we do know, and that's etymology. The word kobold is actually rooted within Latin, and then within Greek with kobolos, meaning rogue. However, kobold in full also adds the Germanic alt, which is a German language word ending, which is used for monsters and supernatural things within the language. Klabaltermann, the word for the sea type of kobold, literally means ship's kobold in German, so that one is nice and easy. There were some specific names given to kobolds from certain places too, like the Heiselmansion from Cologne and the Galgenmandlein from southern Germany, with the former meaning brownie and the latter meaning hanging man. For their history though, we are going to go back to medieval Germany and the rest of Europe, and the first official mention of kobolds was in the 13th century, or around 1200 AD, when they were mentioned in a poem, as Germans would whittle kobolds out of boxwood and wax, and they would use these for decorations around the house, and it was said that they would contain a bit of kobold within them, of course bringing luck and wealth to the family. However, we know that they most likely go further back than this, as it was believed that kobolds were from pagan customs, which were all the way back to the Germanic Iron Age, which officially ended in around 800 AD, when the Vikings were put to bed. The Germanic and Norse religions intertwine a lot throughout this time, with Denmark bordering Germany, meaning a lot of Norse traditions make their way into Germanic culture, society and religion. The kobold was thought to have come from the worship of the hearth, a common practice within pagan religion, where families would praise the deities that resided within their hearth's fire. Jacob Grimm, the famous German folklorist, said that kobolds were even accepted once the Roman Empire swept across Europe, spreading Christianity and wiping paganism from the continent. The offerings to mine kobolds also make sense within this same time, as the myths of dwarfs from Norse mythology would have trickled down to the Germans, creating this race of mine-dwelling wealth hoarders with no patience for humans. There was also another suggestion that kobolds were based on the Finnish and Latvian people, who were considered short for some reason, fleeing into the mines from Viking invasions, and taking up smithing and mining within the mountains. The sea kobolds, though, have been suggested to originate from myths of English sailors that German soldiers eventually heard, but it's been suggested that this isn't true, especially as Germany is mostly landlocked. However, we do know that sailors are superstitious within their own nautical folklore, so it's not much of a stretch to create a kobold for the sea if you were a German sailor. An interesting piece of history when it comes to kobolds, though, 
is that you may feel that this word feels familiar in your mouth. And that's because it's used in our periodic table. Almost. The element cobalt is named after the cobalt, as this was the most common poisonous metal that kobolds would reveal to miners to damage them or break their equipment. So they are very much written into something that we still use every day. I guess if you're a scientist or a geologist. Now, I want to tell you three stories of famous kobolds, starting with King Goldemar. Goldemar was a household kobold who lived at Castle Hardenstein, who lived with a man called Nivling von Hardenberg, and even slept in his bed with him. Goldemar loved playing the harp, gambling, and exposing the local clergy for misdeeds, but he would never let anyone see him, but would let them feel him invisibly. They had been living together for three years, when a curious servant decided to throw ashes to see his footprints. Goldemar, feeling very betrayed, decided to cut him into pieces and ate him, and the next day left with a note saying that the house would be as unlucky as it had been lucky with him living there, which explains why the area had been a gold mine and dried up, and is still dried up to this day. Another famous kobold is Hinselman, who haunted the Hudemullen Castle in 1584 after being cast away from the forest. He was shy to begin with, but eventually would chat and sing with his new family. The most repeated song, though, was that if he was ever chased out, evil luck would take his place. Eventually, he decided to trust them enough to appear to them in his true form, which was of a child that had been stabbed and slashed, and showed himself to a maid who then fainted. He took this as disrespect, and he left the house to evil luck. Lastly, the most famous kobold of the lot was that of Hodekin, who was thrown dirt at by a kitchen boy in the castle he lived in, and the head chef refused to punish him for it, writing it off as boyish antics. That night, Hodekin beat the boy and tore him limb from limb, and then added his body to the pot of food on the hearth. The cook scolded Hodekin, to which he responded by pushing him into the castle moat and adding toads to the food. Eventually, the kobold had to be exercised out of the house, but he also used to keep the watch awake at night and stop a cheating wife from sleeping with others whilst her husband was away by turning into monsters to scare off her paramours. A fun one. Now, there's not really much I can compare kobolds to in actuality, however there are plenty of monsters like these. We've mentioned dwarves already, but they're also very similar to the English folklore monsters, brownies, boggarts, hobgoblins, and knockers, all of which are helpful spirits, but are easily annoyed household spirits. Although not many go as far as kobolds in regards to their vengeance on their families, I do think the most likely monster this could be mistaken with is the tomter, which is a Norse household spirit, who would steal items from families within hidden places in the house, which almost becomes a separate dimension in space, where all the lost things can ever be found. These monsters are known for their revenge plots, and are quite easily miffed, but they'll be covered in their own episode soon, so I won't tell you too much about them. But on to modern media, there's actually a surprisingly low amount of media that they're in, but they're in a lot of games, so I've not mixed anything in this week. 
So for art, I'd really recommend looking at anything within the D&D art space this week, be that independent or anything within the official space. Or you can have a look at the old German postcards they feature in, but they are a little tricky to find as they have no authors or dates, just as a note. In movies, we have two, fairies and the elfkins. That's it. For TV, we have Monster Museum, Record of Lodloss War, Delicious in Dungeon, Carnival Row, Pumuckle, and Kyuku Sentai Gogo V. In video games, we have one such as Kingdom of Amalur Reckoning, EverQuest, Orcs Must Die Unchained, Dark Age of Camelot, Armies of Exego, Curious Expedition 2, Pillars of Eternity, Neverwinter Nights, Kingdom of Loathing, Gems of War, World of Warcraft, Baldur's Gate, Realms Beyond, Pokemon, Hearthstone, Clash of Clans, Dwarf Fortress, Shin Megami Tensei, Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mystara, Final Fantasy XIV, Scribblenauts, Idling to Rule the Gods, Sacred Odyssey, Rise of Aiden, The Tenth Line, Quest for Glory, Sakodin, and Phenotopia. And my book recommendation this week is a newly published one. It's Hausgeister, a comprehensive guide to the household spirits of German folklore by Florian Schaefer, Janin Pisarek, and Hannah Gritsch for a fantastic summary of German monsters. And it's a book I'm currently reading myself, so a big recommendation here. And it's a new one. Support new authors. But now it's time for... Do I think they existed? I love the idea of household spirits. I think they're really sweet. However, I don't like the idea of being murdered and eaten by one. I don't think I believe they existed, but the belief in monsters like the Fae and spirits is pretty widespread, especially in European cultures, so maybe I'm one of the few here. Again, I do like the idea of them very much, and I love the tidying concept. Anything you can't manage to get done in the day? How handy would that be when you've been in an office all day and you don't have time to run the hoover round? Although I doubt they would use the hoover in the middle of the night, or any modern technology for that matter. My exposure to kobolds is actually pretty limited, and I thought I knew quite a lot about them from modern media, but it seems that the fantasy version versus the real folklore versions are so different. Whilst I know a lot about the dog or drake style from my favourite video games, I knew very little about the real ones up until this episode, so I'm glad I covered this one, and I hope you learned something as well as me. But what do you think? Did the kobold clean up German homes and punish those who disrespected them? Let me know on Twitter, I would love to know what you think. I love covering monsters like this, that have such a really cool history within folklore, but have gone on to live new lives within things such as D&D. It's such a joy, and there's so much research to be found on them, so it does make it easier for me too. Next week though, we are heading over to Turkey for the first time in a while, and looking at, if you can believe it, a cryptid. It's a really odd thing to find in this part of the world, but it does link back to folklore, so don't worry, and keep your eyes peeled for the Lake Van Monster next Thursday. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, 
and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, Threads, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can be found at MythMonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes. Bye.